right now. Because so there are two people at this table that you have. Well, I don't don't bring that up because if he listens to this, you know, I kind of like. Nobody listens I feel, to this. I feel like a dick because I kind of like brush him under the table and he then. Said no to Eric. Really? Well, I told him I'm like, and and he kind of agreed afterwards. We said wait till after the name change. Well, who has yeah. more listeners, you or us? Say he us. Does. I don't know. I think I don't know. No, he does. Like three well, more. I than don't us? know because like you have a lot. Like uh, all of our listeners are either people that we know directly or they're your friends. Oh, all my friends. Yeah. Yeah, I got, we got, yeah. As soon as I was like, hi, I'm on a podcast. They're like, ding, 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 ding. ding." Yeah, our our Instagram followers. And my stuff. And and you know they're all mini truckers because you just see all their profile pictures. But then they're all asking to be my, like, they're all trying to follow my personal page on Instagram. And some of them I'm like, okay, because I've met them. And some of them I'm like, no, you look like a dirty man. They probably are. (laughs) They're probably all tatted up mini trucker mofos. But if you're just dirty, trying to. You guys ready? Are you ready? I think so. Right. Carlos ready. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see how it goes. It's just a conversation, so. Carlos is losing his virginity today. <laughs> <laughs> Pop goes the cherry. His podcast virginity. You need that cherry beer. Oh, you should be drinking. I asked for it. He I'll didn't have one. it. I'm not happy with it. He needs, dear Gravy, give him a sample of the uh, cherry. He needs a the cherry beer when his cherries popped. What's the snozberry, though? It, I think it's cherry, isn't no, it? No, it's cranberry. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's cranberry. Bubba, can I get a taster of the snozberry, please? Ouch. Adult children. I love you, Mom. I know, huh? You guys are going to have fun with that one. <laughs> That's what we're talking about later tonight. Adult children. How much they That's going to be fun. I haven't had it yet. <laughs> Tastes weird. It's not there. It takes like three, four days to like really blend together before it mellows out. It's yeah, just it's too harsh. Yeah, it's got to marinate. Are you actually putting cherries in there? or? No, I put, no, it's just juice. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm not happy with it. Had I known, I would have brought like a cherry pie. So did you add the cherries in the just like keg or in the yeah. fermenter? Okay. Oh my God, we okay. totally yeah. could have celebrated we Carlos's could've. virginity so loss. I had no, notes, but I can't it. find them. I don't know how I did it last cupcakes. time. Last time was perfect, and I had them written down. <laughs> I know it. I even know what it's on, and I can't find it. So, funny thing you say that when I made our Oktoberfest uh-huh. for the first time, when we released it at the end of September, I made it. I'm, I'm bragging a little bit. Yeah. I made it so well, and it sold out in about a week. We did a full seven-barrel batch of it. And then all of a sudden, I was like, everyone's telling me, bring it, bring it, bring it back. I'm like, it's going to take roughly about 30 days. Mm-hmm. And then I brewed it again, but when I went to brew it, I lost effing sheet. And I was like, I remember it was this. I remember it was that. I got you know, the yeast, yeast down, everything with the hops, I remember. But it was the malt profile. Oh. I was off on it. And it pissed me off because then the ABV wasn't the same. The flavor wasn't the same. That tangy sweetness that, you know, you could just mm-hmm. lick your lips. And it was, it was beautiful. Mm. The second time was still great. It was a lot lighter and a lot smoother. But that first time felt like a true traditional... Oktoberfest and I'm so yeah, I, I write my notes now everything if I have any questions or I have concerns I flip over my sheet and I write everything down in the back Tempers, oh I did this this I time oh I did this this time yeah. no I, I do it to where I write it down on a piece of paper this is like sex. Uh, this is like our sex to you guys God. we're talking about beer oh beer sex they're talking about beer sex I guess we should introduce everybody because we've been recording for like 10 minutes now oh wow I did not know that <laughs> so uh, Kevin's on vacation and you don't j- say, like, welcome to the beer side or no, anything? No, uh-uh, I guess. Welcome you to the beer side. You don't do the side. clap. They don't welcome anybody. Recording. Oh. Yeah. No. So, we got 
I was going to say, Kevin's on vacation, uh-huh. and Joe's off saving lives or teaching my boy how to do it. What are you it. doing that for? Because I don't like it hunched over this whole time. It hurts my head. Got a big head. Got a big ego. You need a longer <laughs> microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm going to get Stan. He's scooting away from the table. Okay, Sorry. so what do I do? So, ready? Welcome to the beer cast. Or not something we're called. We're called the beer side. <laughs> <laughs> Know what you're Do not edit call. that part out. Damn. <laughs> I'm not even drinking. Well, I am now, but so uh, today we've got Carlos, the new owner of Dubina Brewing Company, and we've got um, some trouble over here on the side. Mm. We got my partner in crime, my wife, co-owner of Victory Works, and we've got our uh, very colorful and uh, fun friend here, Missy. Oh, I'm colorful. Yep. Well, I don't have a name. So he called you his better half, but he didn't get say my name. Oh, you didn't say Everybody April. So I'm like April. a piece of ownership. <laughs> Everybody knows you. I'm like his property. No, and she's or not Amber. She was not the Amber. Of yeah, it. I did not. I did not. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a condone? No, that I didn't inspire the Amber's a bitch. No, because I mean uh, I am a bitch. Carlos had They're gonna no class idea it up tonight for us. that uh, <laughs> doing a podcast with girls was going to be so much fun. But thank you for having us. I'm supposed to be the color guy tonight because Joe's gone. And then Missy was here, so we're like, hey, Missy, just come I'm just, Yeah, us. I really just want to listen, but yeah, we'll see. It'll be fun. It'll be fun. But we're, we're really excited to be a part of mm-hmm. taking jo- uh, Carlos's um, podcast virginity. Mm-hmm. Go, Terry. <laughs> yeah. You're welcome. It's okay. Just mm-hmm. We'll be gentle. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I'm I don't drinking know. Missy and I like it rough. Did you know that anal ease is cherry flavored? I wonder if that's why. Is it really? Yeah. yeah. So cherry pale ale. Yeah, Are you serious? You is the there French like tickler. regular and a- cherry? No, it's just cherry. That'll probably be the next I, one on the yeah. list. I did not know that. So uh, they're not even listening to us. They have no idea yeah, what we're talking about. Yeah, there's like two about. conversations going on this whole time. <laughs> we're talking about cherries as well, just in a different aspect. Did you know that anal ease is cherry flavored? No. It is. I, I and either. it just came to my mind because we took his cherry and I was like, if we had anal ease, it would have made it a lot easier. Well, if somebody will make a beer with that. Yeah. <laughs> 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 anal ease ale. Oh, man. I don't think you guys are going to let this one go. <laughs> we usually don't. Uh, Welcome to the party, Carlos. So, um,. We're going to get this rolling with uh, Carlos, and he's going to talk to us about why he got into this industry. At such a very young age. Yeah, I mean... He's a baby. You are. You are. I had no idea you're that young. I have kids older than you. I feel really old now. Shut up. Yeah. Sean's 26. Oh, my God. Wait, when did you turn 24? I turned 24 of October last year. So you bought a brewery oh when you were 23 years old. Phoenix is older yes. than him as well. I have 23, two kids So older. kids are just trying to figure out what they, what kind of yeah, car they want to drive. No joke. Yeah, yeah. Switching their major for the third time. And well, you're already buying a brewery. Yeah, well, I've been raised and my dad brought me to work at a very, very young age. So he just met At a brewery? No. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no, his family owns a He actually a had store. a liquor store in okay. Michigan. Yeah. So at the age of eight, he had me coming in and just bagging groceries and filling up the coolers and mopping the floor and just doing everything once a week until I turned 13. And then after that, it was twice a week. (laughs) And then once I had a car, it was over. It was five days a week. Yeah, That's good. Kept you out of trouble, though. Kind of. It was okay. You know, where in Michigan? Um, I was born in Detroit. So and then he had his business in Detroit. So stuff. Jesus. Man, you and Matt. Yeah. 
but it was it wasn't as bad as everyone thinks it was. Yeah, we did have bulletproof glass, and yeah, it was. Were a you little, by eight mile? Um, we were. He had uh, right on seven mile in Van Dyke. But <laughs> See, how did no I know yeah. that is? We only know eight, eight mile. mile. I mean, you know, I just are you mile. saying it because of the movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> We've never even been. I've to never been in Michigan. <laughs> we just, you know. He got out. We yeah. were just, yeah. When did you escape? I escaped. I moved out here with my family back in '08. Okay. October of '08. What brought you out here? Um. It was mainly my dad found a business here. Uh, he didn't like the weather in Michigan. You know, yeah, you get all four all you get all weather. four seasons in one day. The snow sucked. We had a cul-de-sac, and we lived at a cul-de-sac, and our house was at a cul-de-sac. And when it snowed, the wind would just blow towards our our house so if it was three four inches of snow that night we had about 12 16 inches mm. of snow and guess who had to <laughs> hey but that's good because look at how yeah. well it prepared you to shovel out your mash ton yeah <laughs> i guess so i guess so and that's why i don't want to go back last year we went back in december and there was a 50 car pile up when we were uh. coming back from the freeway it That's was dumb. it was bad and so you were just a teenager when you moved here 14 yes 14 15 wow and then it, is that when you guys bought the market we did buy it yeah so we bought the market back in actually in 09 and from then on we just stayed at the market and you know finished high school started college there was other little businesses that we were involved in here and there um and then went to college worked with the family business and then graduated stayed a little bit there and from there I kind of discovered the brewery and before the brewery you know I've been once I turned 21 I started home brewing I just you know I wanted to do something as a hobby mm -hmm. because of the store and even when I was younger we were involved in the craft beer industry and you know we have over 500 different types of craft beers and wines and I always loved craft beer even before 21, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, we won't turn you in. And nobody's listening. Yeah. And from there, it was just like, you know, just a few homebrew batches, just as a hobby, nothing really. And then from, you know, once every few months, it was like once a month, then once every other week, and then once a week. And then there were a few times where it was like two, I think the most it was, was three times a week. It was just doing that and then just having people try. I, it's not like I drink all of it. I drink most of it, but <laughs> <laughs> but in the beginning, it was kind of like, it was kind of, eh. I started off with extract. You know, after my third batch. Everybody started yeah, with extract. After my third batch, I was like, I'm just following directions. I'm sorry, I'm not taking nothing from nobody who, no, who brews that. I say that all the yeah. time. I said, anybody can take a box of macaroni and cheese and make it. Yeah. And it's just macaroni and cheese. Yeah, but it's, I, but it's when you do something special that makes you special. That's when you start to actually learn how to cook. It's mm -hmm. not heating up water and dumping in a couple packets. <laughs> learn how to cook. Yeah, because that's how it was. It was just following he directions, so looking simple. at it, and then <laughs> sometimes just adding an extra piece. ounce um, of hops. He's at home being chef boy already or some shit like that. Like Brian I believe that you know all grain brewing definitely. It sucked because th those first few batches tasted absolutely terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible. Yeah. And so were you like every other home brewer was like. Once you actually made some batches are good and your buddies come over, this is really good. You start a brewery. Not necessarily. It kind of was to where I, it was a thought process in the long term. I wasn't planning on 
the thing is, is with the family business, it's kind of like a more family business than we are now. Yes, my parents do come in, my siblings do come in and help every once in a while. But that was the actual family business where we were all there. And it wasn't something to where I could leave because both of my parents kind of have health problems. And then my brother's going to school. Uh, he just graduated college, but he's studying for the MCAT. My sister's in college. So it wasn't like I could, I wanted to leave at that moment of time. And then there was, once my brother finished, it was to the point where I wanted to do something bigger and better. And we were looking at other opportunities. And at that point, that's where I was like just brewing nonstop. And I was, I got into it a little earlier than I expected. Like we mentioned, I'm 24 and I got it at 23. I was looking at it towards the long term. So before that, I was actually looking to invest in a few breweries. And I won't say no breweries by name, but I was looking at a few Arizona breweries and you know we talked and you know i had a buddy of mine who just graduated law school come with me and you know just just have a chat mm-hmm. and things didn't work out and you know from what there what was the draw why did you want to invest or say purchase one that was already running rather than start your own That's like on everybody our list. else That's oh, one I'm of our so questions sorry i just fine. stole your question no, though it's good. That's, i was saying good job. i was like thinking about that why would you why why that what was, was the my draw to you you bought a brewery that was already up and running rather than everybody wants to start their own brewery right. that's the draw like i'm going to open well, my own brewery and i'm going to and i'm going to brew my own beer whereas you went and purchased one that was already up and running that yeah. was functioning well speaking of that it was and i saw the air quotes <laughs> but speaking of it being functioning when we when I did find out about Dubina, before that, I know I'm jumping ahead, before that, I was looking at a brewery. Okay. And I did pull the numbers and mm-hmm. do the figures and, you know, do a, you know, a prediction report and see what I needed. And the number was very, very huge, as mm-hmm. you may know. <laughs> and, and then that it's was like at the $500. T- yeah. <laughs> and at that time, I came across Dubina. And it was a little bit cheaper than building one from scratch. Okay. Yes, that is everyone's dream to right. build a brewery from scratch and have it their own and make it their own exactly. And, you know, this is coming from me, you know, Dubina is not at the moment the ideal brewery that I had in mind. Nowhere near that at the moment, but it was slightly existing brewery mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was one that had everything approved you know right. plumbing you know we had a kitchen and everything set up and it was slightly cheaper than okay. building it and then when you build it you have to worry about planning you have to worry about ordering equipment finding a lease and waiting that time for everything to be installed to where now you have to pay rent and everything and there's all that you know that cash that could have been invested in something else and now it's just going down the drain and until you open up and every day you're not open when you're starting a business like that you're losing money you're giving me anxiety because i'm reliving it (laughs) (laughs) so how did you how did you find dubina how did you find out it was available so we were looking at other businesses um 
I come up from a background of my dad having a few liquor stores and beer and wine stores. So we were actually looking at a few to kind of have a craft beer and wine bar because I really wanted to do that and then maybe do an off-premise. And then we went through a broker. And when I saw there was a few breweries listed on the broker, I was like, there was three that they had in their portfolio. I was like, you know what? Screw the the convenience store, the liquor store. I don't enjoy it. It's family business. Yeah. My dad doesn't enjoy it. He wants to retire. You know, I'm just there to help out. And I still go there once a week just to give him some rest, sometimes more. But it was to where I wanted something different. And once I found that out, I was like, you know, I'm going to do brewing. I'm brewing about three days a week. So, you know, this is something that... It's going to be fucking hard, but, mm-hmm. you know, I'm still young. I can handle the stress. So, <laughs> kind of. Yeah. That's why I drink, but <laughs> too much, but. That's why we all drink. Yeah. Yep. Exactly right. I don't have a brewery and I still drink. Yep. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> because I feel your pain. I will agree. So, did you, did you think you were going to go in this on your own or did you have, like, original partners and investors? No. Um, when we tried to invest, it was mainly through... You know, when I grew up and started working, my parents, you know, paid me. And then, you know, even through school and all that, I still lived with them. So I just, I literally didn't, I didn't have a life. Whatever money I had, they covered my, you know, I'm fortunate for them. They covered my gas, they covered my expenses and everything. And I just took all that money and just put it aside. Took and that you money and put saved it. it. I saved about 80% of it. Wow. And then the rest of it came from family members, which right now they are all paid off. And, you know, right now Dubina is, you know, 100% paid free and clear. So we don't have no debt right now. That is amazing. Yeah, that was my main thing going into it. I know with starting a new business, I told myself, I'm not even going to take a dime out of that place. I'm good right now. For the next two week, two years, all I'm doing is putting money back in, and paying off whatever I need to, whatever I need to do. Wow, that's and amazing. Even now, we're showing an upside, and from there, it's just all right. You got a couple grand or a grand or whatever uh-huh. here and there adding up. Just throw it back in. Get some more grains. Get some more malts. Get some better equipment. Get some more tables, more chairs. You know. Save for your summer electric bill. Yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Oh man, that that first we took over of end of March last year, and then it was pretty much going into the summertime. It was it was absolutely terrible. I did not know like you know I understand summertime in in Arizona and electric goes up, but with the brewery that has two yes. walk-in coolers and glycol system and a full kitchen. Damn, I w- can't even imagine because I know what ours is, and ours is not pretty. It cackles at us from the uh, <laughs> mailbox outside. Yeah, we know when it gets there. We hear it. Yeah, it's, that's not fun. That's yes. I, when I saw that, like they show you that little graph, and I'm like, oh, we're at that bottom right here. It's like, oh, it's starting to level out. It's, mm-hmm. it's coming. Yeah. Damn it. But the good news was our um, our gas bill this month was only sixty five dollars. Let's Yay. give a high five on that. Woo. <laughs> it's going to be a lot more next month. Yeah, when you brew again. Yep. Yeah. Mm. So that's coming. Yeah. No, our gas bill is always is always crazy because of the kitchen and then brewing, but. Yeah, it's it's always crazy to see how they all just make a huge spike in the summertime. Yeah. What'd your dad say when you say, "Hey, I'm gonna open this brewery"? Oh, he didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> he didn't like it. 
he didn't like it for the reason of it was a business that wasn't profitable. Mm-hmm. He wanted well, b- the business or the business model. Like he didn't think the brewing industry was, or because his business you were looking at was not profitable. That business we were looking at wasn't profitable. Okay, it was losing money a lot, and he he obviously wants what's the be- what's the best for me, and seeing how bad it was going in. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I was set up for failure and I knew going into me being set up for failure. I had a, I had a bottom. This was the bottom. That was my start. I'm uh-huh. like, it can't get, it can't get worse than this. <laughs> it's, it's true. Sometimes you don't think about it that mm-hmm. way that it's, it's so bad right there. You know, that new injection of ideas, new injection of, of a business plan, I guess you'd say it can't get much worse because you, you're throwing it in there, but you're buying it at the bottom. Mm-hmm. So you just can just only improve this thing. Yeah. Well, I have a question. I don't know if this is appropriate. So if you don't want to discuss this, that's totally fine. But mm-hmm. um, like without being specific, if you can, what, what was it? Like what were the mistakes that were keeping that from, do you know what I mean? Like, what's the difference between the way it was running before and the way that it's running now? Uh, that's a that's a tough question. I know. And, well, I don't want to be like, and I don't want to say anything because the Dubin family—they're amazing people, and I'm not—they're I'm great. not slamming that family in any way and saying they failed or anything like that. That's totally not what I mean by mm-hmm. this. But I, I'm just curious, like, what is from the a business side? Yeah, from the business side, what is the difference between what you're doing? Because you said you were on a little upside right now, so you're actually able to make a little bit of a profit. So, what is it that you're doing that's that's different? Like, what? It's all a matter of perspective when it comes to like how you approach your business, and I can see how some people, like when when we go to different breweries, whether it's here or in another state or whatever you can see things that people do where you're just kind of like, I wonder why they're doing it that way. And I'm sure people come in here and they say the same thing. I mean, people do come in here with us all the time and they're like, you guys would do so much better if you had different food. Well, we don't have the ability to have different mm-hmm. food. It would cost us too much money to revamp that whole kitchen. It's not worth it to us, you know? So like what was the, it, it's tough to answer because when I took over, it was, you know, I wasn't able to, see with my own eyes yeah i've been to dubina a few times you know before the purchase as a silent customer to see how things are and you know i've only had their one of their beers about six months before taking over you know at a few places which they were out and about but it's hard to compare myself to them without seeing how much they how, how well they did. I, I hear stuff all the time mm-hmm. and you can't go off of what you hear. You got to go off of what you see. Obviously the business was in rough shape and they obviously had their reasons for selling it, but it's hard for me to compare what I did to them. I can definitely tell you what I've been doing now that that might or might not that been things that they've done, but I don't want to, you know, did assume. you keep the staff uh, or did you revamp? So, that was something to where a lot of people have told me to, because of it being a loss of a business, or I, I don't like saying failing business, but it was a failing business. You know, a lot of people going into it said you should just clean house right. and start fresh. 
And that was something to where it was on the back of my mind. And before taking over and signing and everything, it was definitely where I talked to a few people and let them know that it was something to where, you know, can you help me out until I get a new staff and all that. But I was like, you know, let me let me give this staff a try. I want to be fair to them. I don't want all of them to not have a job. Obviously, you know, with all due respect, I have to look out for the best interest of the business. But... You know, I didn't want to just go out and fire him. And I gave him a, I wanted to give him a chance. And when I, the owners told, you know, the previous owners let the staff know there was someone that wasn't going to, you know, be there. I think she was going to, she, she did quit because I never saw her, but she was on like the last, you know, Mm -hmm. payroll. So I did see that she pretty much quit when I was there. And there was a few other people that I did get rid of after a month, two months in. And there was one, I'm not going to swear at her, <laughs> this one individual that we were, once we started picking up and I told everyone, I'm like, look, this is, and I don't mean to repeat myself, this was a failing business and there's a lot of things I want to do and there's a lot of things I'm going to do, but I need you all to be patient with me. And I say mm-hmm. this about 50,000 times a day at the brewery, everywhere I go, it's all baby steps. Yeah. You can't rush into it. And I know business is slow right now, but you got to be patient into it. If you want to stick with me and you want to see how this business goes, you got to ride it out. If you don't, I completely respect that. But, you know, that's where my mindset's at. And then once business slowly started picking up, but it was still slow, this one individual came up to me and was like, you know what, I'm done. Tuesdays are one of our slower days. And she goes up to me and she's like, I don't want to work Tuesdays. I want to start working Wednesdays and Fridays. And Wednesdays and Fridays we do trivia and, you know, it's Friday. And she's like, I'm not working those days. And I'm like, well, I can't do that. You, mm-hmm. I can try to put you in those days because if it's busier, but I need someone on Tuesday while well, I'm not working Tuesday. Well, I don't know what to tell you. Well, yeah. too bad, so sad. <laughs> yeah. The, the new fun and, of being and, a And business the thing owner. is, right. is, you know, obviously... Service industry too. I mean, Obviously, that wouldn't fly at any. That wouldn't fly at any business. No, no. like I, I work for like a, a, like a major company, that is. I mean, know, you don't tell them when you're gonna work. No, I if I, when I sign my own paycheck, then I have yeah. a choice. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or then I have an opinion. So but, honestly, that wasn't that wasn't yeah. you. That was service industry. That was somebody just being an asshole. I'm not gonna say I don't like threats, but when someone tries to. I could you maybe you could say threat but challenge me to that like look you're on this schedule if you say you don't want to work this day because of other reasons I might be flexible it depends on everything and I might put you on a different day but if you're saying you're not working on uh-huh. Tuesdays because of that day and then you only want to work on these busy days it shows me obviously everyone wants to make money and right. you know everyone wants to do stuff but you know we already had a staff before you and that was things where I didn't want to just mix things up and you telling me that obviously is not going to work out with anyone trying to tell me that. I apologize. I'll definitely try to see if I could do that. But if you give me an ultimatum mm-hmm. because of that, it's not going to work out for you. We um, we had a similar situation with someone who was telling us what he wouldn't do. And I got so pissed. Like, we we're having this conversation behind the bar. And I got so mad. And I go, is that your name on the door? Yes. And I go, I don't think it is. So until then, you're going to brew, you're going to do <laughs> what I'm telling you you're going to do. He's so nice. <laughs> and, and so, you know, so I hear you. Like, it, it, that's where it's hard. And I learned a lesson in that situation because 
and I don't know if you can relate to this in any way. I mean, this is a fr- I was 45 when we opened this business. And the first time I'd ever owned a business in my life, Brandon came from a family that owned businesses. So he kept telling me, these people are not our friends. These are our employees. And I was like, no, we need to be nice to them. We need to be sweet to them and make them feel, you know, like they're a part of our family. Oh, God, did I make a huge mistake. So I now I know the difference. Now I know where to draw yeah. the line, except for now our only employees are our family. Well, yeah. Well, <laughs> our you kids. Know. You know, whatever. With, with me, how it goes is, you know, obviously, you know, you give the employees the respect you they most of our crew you know usually at the end of the shift some of them stay if they're off at nine they'll stay until closing and they'll have a beer and just hang out until everyone's done and everyone's really comfortable with each other and even with me but then there are days where sometimes they get a little too comfortable and i have to go up to them you have to bring them back in and i'm like look i i know where you're thinking and sometimes joking around like this you know goes off and you know you can't joke around about things like that. Sometimes you got to be, especially when you're trying to joke around with me. And there was one person that went up to me and, you know, this was a while back. And they were like, oh, well, I'm not going to clean this area because every time I clean it, it gets dirty. And I don't want to waste my time. Well, when you're here, are you, I'm sorry that happens. And yeah, I'll make sure we all stay on top of it. But when you're here, are you getting paid? Have you missed a paycheck? No. Well... Are you being productive and doing stuff? Well, yeah, but this needs cleaning. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't want to waste my time with it. Then why am I paying you? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't mean to say like that to be a dick, but you know, sometimes, sometimes being an owner, you have to, you have to let people know, with respect, obviously. Who the boss is? Kinda, yes. Yeah, who's your boss? You know, and we all have a great great relationship now and everyone works great with each other and we all work with a team you know people up front need help the guys in the back you know help out with dishes or you know busting tables and vice versa and you know if the guys in the back are slammed grab sauces or you know get plates ready or you know we're all one team and everyone works together well it's just you know certain situations like that it's kind of you can joke around with them as much as you can, but the more you joke around, the more comfortable they get with you. The more comfortable, the less, the more possibility things are to happen for yes. something, you know. No, you're absolutely right, and that's been a really hard lesson for me. Yeah, I mean, in the end, this is still a business. It's a fun business, though. And absolutely. so sometimes the fun really blurs the line between ownership and employees and work and entertainment. So it's hard to always have that line or because that line is constantly being moved or being blurred. So it's as a, as a business owner, it's hard to say, am I going to be this kind of guy? I'm going to be that kind of guy. And any kind of guy to be yourself. But you don't want those type of employees that you're going to clash with or you're going to have to worry about or you're going to have to, um, you know, you're going you're gonna to know. I mean, sometimes people come in and they've got you, they got you snowed. You think, man, this guy's great. This person is awesome. I can't wait to have this person work for us. But then as you work with them, you start to realize, maybe this person wasn't who I thought they would be. And that's just the ugly truth of, of having employees. And, I mean, luckily I can't give my kids away. So, I mean, they're stuck here working. Yeah. But, you know. <laughs> I mean, well, you could. Yeah, I threaten every day. <laughs> I mean, 
there's ways. Yeah. I know people. It's not too late to. It's not too late. Give you up for adoption. I, I could still do it. I don't guess. care if you're 21. It could happen. Yeah, I guess, but I know. I you can like sell them on the black them. market. I'm gonna keep them. Are you sure? But like you the could jury's sell them. Still out for me sometimes on Maddie. I, like m- money talks. Mm. Well, yeah. if you don't need them, I have a janitor position that. <laughs> <I'm gonna be laughs> <open. laughs> That's great. joking. So, what's been some of the the fun parts of this for you since you've gotten into it? Um, to be honest with you, the main thing is. Since we started, I pretty much don't have a life except Dubina. Mm-hmm. So the m- number one thing is brewing. So That's he doesn't 100%. have a girlfriend, we I, found out, because Dubina has Dubina is actually my His girlfriend and my wife. His name is Dubina, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, brewing is number one. I, every time we brew, I'm always into it, and especially when brewing a new batch. Obviously, That you know, doesn't mean that Missy and I are going to stop trying to no, get you. No, we're going to just totally get you set yeah, up Yeah, we're going to get you out of the mash You should actually brew, you should brew a beer and call it, like, my girlfriend, the mistress, or something like that. Yeah. That's a good one. So, Put all your coins in. Probably taken. Probably. Beersidepodcast at gmail.com. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, 24. Ladies, if you're interested in. Never uh, been married. No a, kids, right? He's a tasty snack. We, we he got, really we is. Got, he's a cutie patootie. College educated. And Carlos now? But business Carlos owner. Is 24. Joe's like 40. And Joe's a player. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So. I mean, he's. Carlos is. He's more of a. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so they so. can they can send their applications to thebeerside at gmail.com. Yeah, and it definitely has to be an application. Like, we want an essay. Sorry, it's oh, the Beerside it's Podcast. The, oh, Beerside Podcast yes. at gmail.com. Yep. We're going to check your spelling. Media, we're going to check your grammar, your punctuation. Like, yeah. it better be top notch. And if we weren't so against the um, the whole exploitive concept of bachelor auctions, can you imagine how much money we could <gasps> raise? We could get Casey. Oh, my God. Remember that one yeah. time on Coyote Ugly when they did that at the yes. bus? We could totally do yeah. that here. There's so many, like. Yeah, all those old ladies from Sun City are on the oh, corner. Yeah. Carlos, Joe, Casey, both Casey's. Auction a bachelor. Yeah. Oh. Do I get to be no, able you to review zero this? No. no. Zero. You don't know. No. That's, that's what you're, that's what you're, you're missing hilarious. out on. You think you can get <laughs> Oh my no. God. no, 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 silly Carlos. No, we got you. So you mentioned we brewing. So you've got help now. I do. Yes. So we have. I have one guy. Brandon His name's like Chase. Totally he helps me out. Really uh, he first started off with Dubina with. Good transition, baby. He kind of started exactly when I started, uh-huh. and he started off, and they hired him as a, just as a cook. And, you know, he graduated college as well, and he graduated with biology and chemistry. Cool. So he had a... Oh, yeah, you, know, you got to take advantage of that. He, he, he had some knowledge on the science end, and... Was he homebrewing at all? I, actually, he hasn't. So, which was a little bit of, like, a little scare, but in the beginning, it was just like, you know, do you want to brew with me, see how it goes, you know, being an owner and a brewer, and then sometimes a cook and server and sales rep. There's and too janitor. much. And there's times where, you know, there, you know, that I need help. And I need someone to help me out, especially how we're running everything and how we don't have a set schedule where it's tough for me to, you know, just fully do everything with not just brewing. You know, it's 95% br- cleaning, yep. 5% brewing. And when it comes <laughs> to that, it's like I don't have that much time. And I was like, okay, let's, you know, 
work with that when we first started. You know, let's train how to, you know, ju- let's start with just, you know, the kettle. Mm-hmm. Let's start with just the mash on. Let's start with then the fermenter and all that. And he's, with someone being almost a year with me into it, with having no experience, he is great. And I really appreciate him, you know, helping me out. And, you know, at this moment with our system, I think he could do things and clean and run our system efficiently better than another assistant brewer that just came from somewhere else. That's how confident I am with him and comfortable I am with him. Is he enjoying it? Oh, he loves it. You know, when we're stirring the mash and transferring, you know, crushing the barley and transferring it to the mash tun and mixing, he's like, you know, dancing, singing, you know, (laughs) we're always excited. And we always, you know, taste test throughout the entire process. And we're always high energy when we're brewing back there. Sometimes we definitely do get a lot of shut ups from either one of our other cooks or one of the servers <laughs> up front. They're just jealous. So. See, this is why I wanted to put a disco ball in the brewery because no. it's going to help you. No, thank you. No, we not totally should have done that. No, that would be fun for me. Well, okay, so I might get crucified for this statement, but I really, I don't see how experience home brewing really is that beneficial just because it's not the same. It, the, I mean, the processes. You, like when you started homebrewing, you were homebrewing, not for a hobby, but just because you had actually started looking into starting a brewery, mm-hmm. and you were looking at the whole business aspect of starting the brewery, and because you love beer, mm-hmm. you weren't really. It wasn't like the whole part of the actual. I don't know. I mean, yes, it was the brewing, but not in the same way. I mean, so we homebrewed how many batches? Like six. Maybe. You know, like a ex- couple extract and a couple all grain. Like not even a whole lot before. And it was to do the all grain brewing when you're doing it at home. Oh, my God, it's the same amount of work almost as it is to do a whole seven barrel batch. You know, as far as how long it takes you and everything and the shoveling out and stuff. Yeah, that takes longer, but... I'm just saying, like, if you have a science and chemistry background, like, how... I, I feel like that's more beneficial to somebody than actually the homebrewing part of it. Just because you're still following a recipe when you're brewing. Mm-hmm. You know, you're still kind of following directions in a way. and But that whole biology and chemistry thing that is the science of making good beer... I hate that when I go into a homebrew store and I see that box of macaroni and cheese. If you can make this, you can make beer. Not exactly. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, some people can make some super shitty mac and cheese. You know what I mean? So you have to be really careful (laughs) when you're making beer that it's not shitty beer. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that goes into making a good batch of beer. Mm -hmm. I mean, not only is, like you said before, 95% of it is cleaning. Yeah. Keeping everything clean, that is so, so, so imperative to having good beer and then it's kind of knowing the difference in all the malts and the yeast and the hops and getting those to kind of like do this little dance and make sweet babies and Mm -hmm. I mean there's a whole lot more to it than just yeah but then it comes to a point where experience is also and this is not saying nothing to where I'm regretting my decision with him and all that stuff which I'm not but then it comes to where experience is needed Mm -hmm. does he know how to test for or taste diacetyl 
Does he know which hops and for new recipes, which hops pair well with different malts and, you know, which yeast to put in? And, you know, that's also... Right, but that's something that's, I think, kind of learned. You can learn that pretty quickly as, just by studying different hops and different malts to find out which ones complement each other. It's just like with like pairing um, wine and food or beer and food. I mean, you kind of learn which things kind of complement each other, you know, but that I get what you're saying about the whole diacetyl. Some people, and there's some people that can't taste that. No. And there's a lot of brewers out there who can't taste it, obviously. There's a lot, but it's true there's So, some. I mean, you know, like there are people who are making beer and what other people would call good beer. And you go and you taste diacetyl. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. it's, I was just using diacetyl as just one example. Obviously, there's hundreds. Okay, diacetyl, uh, acetaldehyde. Like, we could just, like, be throwing all these words out there. Mm -hmm. But (laughs) my whole thing is, like, there's, I don't know. I just, I think that. I think people learn differently. Some people like to homebrew, and that's why they get into this industry. It gave them the basics of understanding how a beer is made. And because maybe the way they learn they were able to make it at five gallons at a time to them they don't think there's any difference making you know 200 gallons where for me it was more of a an educational process I'm a very visual learner but to me I want to work towards what I'm actually my end goal is home brewing was fun but I honestly made it because I wanted to make beer and have beer at home it was and it was cheaper and I could make whatever I wanted it's a lot of work you know it's hard doing it in your house and cleaning it and messing up our kitchen and it, it, so that wasn't fun I honestly brewed more at my friend's house because I could just show up when I wanted to and he got to clean it up and then I just got to drink it when we were <laughs> done so when I decided to do this I went I went all in like like I do with a lot of things you know it's like I'm gonna start doing that well I better figure that out so I went, I went to hop school. I went to yeast school. I went to brewing school. You know, I paid a mentor. I, did, I went that way because it was a conversation I had with, um, with Sean O'Sullivan one time at the Can Beer Fest. I, I was so excited for him to be in town and meet this guy. And, and I ended up spending like an hour. And he was awesome. He sat and talked to me the whole time. Answered all my questions. And we just sat there and drank with him and just talked. And at one point, I made a comment about how I was in Siebel, and I, was, I thought I was the shit. And I was like, this is cool. I'm, I'm at brewing school. I can go work wherever I want. And that dose of reality I got is when he brought over um, his, like one of his production managers or something. And then he flat out told me I wouldn't hire you. I was like, why not? He's like, well, you don't have the practical brewing experience we're looking for. We want people that have actually worked in the brewery and know how things work. It's fine to learn shit out of a book and understand the process. But until you've gone in and, and, and have actually done it, it's, it's different. It's harder. Not to say that some people can't do that, um, but I think majority, even if I decided that I was going to bring somebody in in the future, I don't want somebody who, who maybe had all that fancy pedigree. I remember when we first started looking, we thought we were going to hire somebody. Oh, you worked there? You worked here? Oh, my God, you went to school? And I hear all the time from these people that, that hire brewers like that, they don't work out all the time. You can get, you can get really enamored by... A, a resume just because they worked at a brewery but they, so they moved some hoses around and shoveled out the mash but you're thinking oh my god this guy worked for this amazing brewery I'm so excited but he didn't do anything there he was, he was, he was a very low totem pole guy and it's easy to get excited about somebody who did that or this guy went to one of the top brewing schools in the country he, you know, he went to UC Davis or something like that those people are pretty damn smart but they've never put on a tri-clamp before and so that's the thing that, that 
it's I think a lot of breweries kind of struggle with and kind of um, and end up going through maybe a string of brewers before they actually find somebody that works with them. I heard from somebody and, and I, I take this advice you know to heart because it's not about that education. It's not about that um, pedigree they might have. It's about how you're going to work with them and how they work with you. Because in the end, you guys are working together in, in your team. You've got to learn how to work together and play off of each other. So the fact that this guy is willing to come in and let you teach him, I mean, if, if microbiology major or whatever he was, that, he's a smart guy, you know, and for the fact that you're, you're in there teaching him about something that he might think that I know more than you do or you think you know more than, than he does, the fact that you guys are able to work together, that's, that's, that's pretty important and that's probably one of the reasons is to help your beer really turn around and help you guys pump out and help your business succeed. Absolutely. So, yeah. so what is your, you like your plan? Are you just going to just keep the, keep the, the step going and just keep say we're just going to keep making beer together? Are you planning to step back at some point and turn it over? There is a time where we are right now getting ready to look for because he does help out mm-hmm. cooking we do need someone to pick up his shifts for the you know restaurant without him with the restaurant we have four people on you know total in the restaurant without him back there he definitely you know he puts a lot of hours in there and without him back there it would definitely be short staff so we got to make sure we have someone that can obviously cook and that can you know pick up his end of the you know, his hours in the kitchen. And once we're comfortable, that's where we'll be able to pull him off. And he'll only be there on certain days where it's like an absolute rush where he needs to be there. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's 99% dedicated to brewing. And that's where it goes to me where, yes, I enjoy brewing and I want to be involved as as many brews as possible and creating as many new recipes as possible. But there is a point in the business where, you know, there are things where I need to be focused on. Yes, brewing is very important, but also who's going to focus on. We are think, you know, not thinking, but we are planning on doing a rebrand. And who's, do I have enough time and effort to focus on that and then that? You know, when you do something, especially when it's a business, you don't want to do anything without, you know, half-assed. You want to put in 100%. And yeah. I can't put in 100%. Unless I, you know, if, if I have to go in and brew and, <laughs> and, and brew and because yeah, so, being a brewer is a full time job. Absolutely. Running a business is a full time job and it's hard to do both. When we first started, I had one brewery owner who was doing both and he, his thought process because he liked brewing. He went to brewing school and that's what he wanted to do. Um, luckily he had his wife to really help him out, but it, it's, it's a full-time gig and it took him a long time to get out of there and, and actually to give up the reins a little bit to another brewer to help him out. I had another brewery owner who, his, his thought process was, do you feel comfortable making you know, world-class beer right now? And I was like, no, and of course not. He's like, well, then that's why you need to hire somebody because running a brewery is full time. So I struggled with both these guys' opinions because, like, which way should I go? And and so I went one route, and I didn't like it. I didn't like it at all. I hated it. I mean, I went. I spent a lot of money and a lot of education to learn how to brew beer, and I, I did. I like it. I enjoyed doing it. And to give, it was like I built this car and then just gave the keys to somebody else. Yeah. And I, I was like, this, I hated it. And so that, 
just didn't work out. And every aside from all the other issues with it, it just didn't work out. I am more happy doing that now than I'm actually in there brewing. I want to do it more, but because I've got to run the brewery at the same time, it's still a business. I've got to do that. There's constantly that, that struggle back and forth. Um, so I'm, I'm happy doing this right now because I know in the future I won't be able to do it. And I want to enjoy it right now while I can because I know in the future I'm not going to. Yeah, and I totally agree. And that is something to where, you know, brewing helps calm me down. When I'm brewing, I'm just thinking about brewing all day. Mm -hmm. If I'm out driving or I'm sitting in my office or, you know, I'm just wondering about my mind's on the business. And yeah, you know, brewing kind of, you know, this may sound a little crazy, but, you know, it kind of relaxes me to a point where I don't have to focus on that stuff without, with that eight hour, you know, time frame. But I do know that I do have to eventually, you know, it's going to come a point in the time where I, like you said, I do have to give it up and I don't want to right now. Uh I do not want to and I don't, but then there's other things for us to grow as a brewery where we need to, you know, there's the sales part, there's the branding part, focusing on, you know, upgrading our kitchen and food and, you know, beers and all that stuff uh, as a general. And that's why, like you said, brewing is a full-time job. Being an owner is Mm -hmm. a full-time job. And, you know, it's, it's tough where you have over a hundred job descriptions uh-huh. and you can't just focus on one thing. So where do you want to be in five years? Um, <laughs> I meant with the business. We're is this something you're going to keep or is this something you're just, is a, is like a, is like a stepping stone? It's hundred percent something I want to keep and get into. Like if I, if you ask me, you know, if I won the lottery, if I won the mega million when I was at, or I don't know mm-hmm. what's at now, 500 million. Mm-hmm. If I won that, you tell me what am I going to do with it? Yeah, vacation and do all this stuff town, all this stuff. But I would still say if it was $500 million, I'll put at least half of that into a huge brewery. I think the same way. I would, I would do that in a heartbeat. When I drive by on the freeway and they say whatever the brewery or whatever the uh, millions is for the lottery, I start thinking about, okay, after taxes, <laughs> after I take the cash payout, right? how much would I have left? How much goes into savings? To, or setting up for the future, how much goes into the brewery? Okay, do I have to, to build one or build two? And then how big would they be? And this is, that's where my mind goes. I feel like that's, I'm going to pass out right now. I know. <laughs> that's exactly what he I would didn't, do. He didn't even think, what does April want? No, he knows better because he knows I'm like, no, this is it. We're done. We're good. <laughs> it's, like the, it's like when you have the conversation about how many kids you want to have. That's totally where we're at. I'm like, one is good. We're one good. is good. And you ended up with three, though, so. No, no, no. I mean, businesses. <laughs> That's right, Missy. No. Um, <laughs> was actually, we were downtown a few months ago at um, some beer bar. I don't remember which one. And he was like, this would be like the perfect place that we were looking for a second location. And I go, good thing we're not looking. <laughs> and he kind of made this face and I went, we're not looking. And he's like, all right now. What about you? More locations? Once I, you know, if, if we lived in a perfect world, which we don't, not even close. But, um, you know, I definitely, my main goal was to, you know, going into, before going into a brewery, my main goal was, you know, I love brewing beer and nothing would make me more happy than going out with friends or going out with someone or possibly a girlfriend. Girlfriend! <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I just said that. We're going to have him married off, like arranged marriage. And I do want to go just to a random bar or restaurant and then see my beer on tap. Or walk going to a grocery store or convenience store or whatever and see someone walking out with my beer that I made. That is something that before anything, really? all that, that is just something that, and we've had, you know, we distribute and all that, but that's just something to where, like, just walking out at a random place. That's not and, me at all, because I'm thinking, like, I, I make so much more money selling that beer here. Like, if I see that beer going out the door at Fry's, I'm uh-huh. like, damn it. Like, yeah. if they would have come in and bought it for right? me, I'd It's selling well, for so $8.99 a six-pack right well, now. That's, that's damn where, it. That's where, and, and there's a lot of people that, you know, might agree to, di- you know, disagree. But it all depends on what your mindset is. You know, a lot of breweries might open one, maybe two, and then they'll open a production facility, and that's it. These days, as you can see, a few Sell breweries, they know Lizard. that in-house sales are the best, <laughs> uh-huh. and they're just going to keep opening multiple breweries. Yeah. And, you know, all depends on your mindset. Is that the best business decision? It, it depends where your goal is long-term. Well, I don't want to fight for shelf space either. Like, when I, I get frustrated when I'm at the grocery store and I'm standing there and looking at either it's it's either like a super limited amount of craft beer available and it's always like the big guys the big when i say big guys i mean like big craft beer and it's like it's always freaking ipas if you go to the fancy fries they have a conversation at the bar every day better what it's like conversation at the bar every day people complain that we have too many ipas from the more do they order no it's true like and i love a good ipa like i'm not i'm not saying anything about it's but when like, I want different types of beer. Yeah. And, you know, we have our Saison. There, there's not enough breweries in this area who are making good Belgian beers or Saisons or, you know, like, that's my jam. Like, I want that. But not enough people are making them. And well, I don't want to just go and have another IPA somewhere. Like, come on. Can we please come up with something different? Like... Well, every brewery has that one beer that separates them from everyone else. And that's where, you know, you obviously, we obviously want to brew and just try different beers. But it's also finding that one beer that separates us from everyone mm-hmm. else. Everybody everyone, gets that flagship beer. Absolutely. That one flagship beer that people, when they think of Arizona breweries or an Arizona IPA, they think of the style IPA. Or if they think of, you know, a stout, they think of this type of stout. But that's, from Arizona. I guess I'm just different. So I'm trying to like cater it to myself. I'm being selfish <laughs> because I'm not like if, if I think about like the, the beers that every brewery is known for, I don't order those. I do. You do. I do too. But like, <laughs> <laughs> but like, okay. So if I go to North mountain, I get the baby Belgian. That's mm-hmm. my jam. I absolutely love that beer. If I go to state 48, I get either the hell bitch or nope, the you're, Van Buren Bond. She's cut off from the hell bitch. Yep. Yeah. I'm not Don't say you that's, order you, that's your style of beer and that's what you like. Mm-hmm. But that's because they're delicious styles right. of beer. And I'm a porter stout girl. So yeah, I it's hard for you to find It's that hard for too. me to find beer, especially in the summertime, which is all the time here. Which I don't understand. I, I don't, don't get it either. I don't, I don't do understand I don't understand why porters and, and stouts are only winter beers. Why? Seasonals are styled. I think a lot of times we're we're in Arizona, we're behind the times. And by that I mean in the industry, we're kind of still new in the craft beering craft beer world. So these other breweries would make these beers according to the style because they have seasons. But and I'm like, Arizona, no, I just want a good porter year-round. I know, but <laughs> right? I, feel like I mean, there's a few who do that now. Like and it, it's racism. starting to become a little it's, more... It's beer It's starting to become a little more common. Some of these people are actually starting to make them rather than once a, 
a year, maybe twice a year, or eventually if they sell well enough, they do, you know, make one of their bases. That's true. Look at Historic's Pie Hole Porter. That's a year That's round true, now. It is. Um, and I can find a Chocolips if I go yeah. to BevMo mm-hmm. or Winco or stuff like but that. I, but I, I absolutely... If you go to a brewery and want beers on tap, uh-huh. it's... Porters and stouts are, are stouts are only in the wintertime. Yeah, but I mean, I keep it. I mean, we keep track of what sells, and there is absolutely a time where porters and stouts are in season for us, and they yeah. sell well. But as soon as the weather starts warming up, those right. things will, they start to sit. So it's not that people don't like them; it's that people don't necessarily want them anymore. It's just Unless like it's I pie do. hole and pie hole. Want, <laughs> people want pie hole. Yeah. yeah, I don't want pie hole, but yeah, but. It, People do want they want this the IPAs. One time they want the lighter Brandon beer. Brandon really really likes me. He's gonna get it like a keg of a chocolates, and then I'll be down here like every day till it's gone. We had it when we first opened. And did I drink it all? When's your birthday, Missy? December. Hello, Christmas baby. I forgot. I did not. Yeah. Okay, for your birthday, we'll get a keg. Who sells Prescott? Crescent or Hensley? Hensley. I don't no. even know Hensley. Yeah. Yeah. We never. See I got them. you, boo. Yes. There we go. Happy birthday. I'm going to text him right now. In December, Good luck having keg a of a chocolate. <gasps> you are on the air, sir. <laughs> I mean, you- my cupcakes have a chocolate in them. Uh, I'm like a walking billboard Carlos, for you have to have one of those cupcakes that Missy made before you leave. Absolutely. They are orgasmic. They are so good. And uh, Carlos, we know what you do all day. Like, you need to have an orgasm. So you need to eat <laughs> one of those cupcakes. Just not on the cupcake. <laughs> Although there is some little white cream on top of there. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, what else do you got on your list that we yeah, haven't I know, covered? I gotta look Richter, so, what did you wish you knew before you came into this? Well, he's only 24, so he doesn't know much. But I mean, just jumping oh, into buying a are brewery. You to like, this kid? I'm just I live, like I say, I live vicariously so through him. some of these other like, breweries. I'm ready to marry that him off to my kid. I had a lot of questions they answered a lot. But even when I got here, I still was like, damn, why didn't anybody tell me this? Why didn't they tell me that? Um. What I wish I knew before going in, I think the the best way I can answer is what I didn't expect before going in mm-hmm. was the getting his cherry popped on our <laughs> podcast. Um, just the how tough it was going to be taking over an existing business that was failing. That was my. That was my hard-hitting question is that how have you combated that i mean so right. i don't want to again i don't want to say how this is because we'd love to do being a family but they had a very bad reputation yes the brewery did how did Not you the family yeah the how brewery. we have to, to go in and that. buy that and before i even knew you i was like oh somebody finally bought dubina they're okay cool what they changed the name to and then when it opened up and it's like yeah. it just stayed as dubina we're like wow that's uh that's kind of a it's ballsy huh yeah exactly um the reason for that, and I'll jump around a little bit, the reason why we didn't change it right away, and I really wanted to, is just that I wanted, like I mentioned earlier, I wanted to go into this alone with as least amount of debt as possible. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the business to pay for itself. Obviously, a lot of people disagree with me, and I'll disagree with it. If I had the funds and I could do it, I would have changed the name. Mm-hmm. I'm just being straightforward, honest. And the reason why I haven't done it right now is every time there's a few... You know, a few bucks laying around, it's going straight back into it for just equipment and other stuff that I'm thinking long term. A lot of people That's are true. like, just I forget how expensive it is, it is to totally rebrand because Steve went through that. Mm-hmm. And when he told us, Steve McFate, we went through when it. he told us 
Well, we not we weren't open yet, so it wasn't the same. But but I mean, it still cost it still cost us a good chunk of money to. It did, but for it. Steve to do it after he had already been established, yeah, that's two locations, level. like. Right. He that was it, when he told us how much it cost him. I almost fell off my chair. I almost see it as a cool challenge too to take this business that is known for something under that name and to totally turn it around. And you know, word gets out in the brewing community fast. Which one? I've only been in it for three, three, four years as like a server, and then hanging out here going to beer fest. But everybody talks to everybody. You mm-hmm. know, it doesn't take long for word to get out that Dubina is under a new owner. Mm-hmm. And everybody's going to go like, we got to go check it out. I know you did. You were the first thought. You were like, oh. No, I didn't. I didn't go over there for a while because I'm not saying you didn't go there. I meant you were inquisitive. You were asking questions. Because I was, yeah, exactly. I was excited. And that's how word is in in this community. Yes. People like to talk and people like to gossip. They do. But it was, so for him, it was almost like a cool challenge. Like, okay, so I see if I can take this and revamp. Yeah. Honestly, because so when I heard that it sold, because I had actually heard from the previous owners that they were actually just going to close. And I had the conversation it was with them, close. and I was like, "Dude, don't give up." He's like, "We're not giving up." He goes, "We just ran our course, and we're just going to close." And I was like, "Damn, I can't be just." And I thought, back in my mind, I'm thinking, "Why is he at least going to sell? Why is he just going to close and liquidate this stuff?" So when I finally heard that somebody was actually going to buy the brew, I was like, "Yes, have hopefully somebody's going to come in and revamp the place and turn the place around and actually help grow the West Valley. We have another cool brewery because we all know that." You go to places that have multiple breweries or a, a beer scene, if you want to call it that. And the West Valley has always been strong because there's not a lot of us out, he, out here. Yes. And, and uh, how am I going to say this? It didn't have the best reputation as well. Yes. So when I heard that, that Dubina was actually going to be going in with a new owner, I thought, okay, a new brewer. Excellent. Now it's finally somebody else out here to help right the ship and help keep this thing going and growing. So honestly, I was excited. We didn't get to meet for a while because, you know, I'm here all the time and then, you know, you're there all the time. We both get what it's like to to work in this industry and, and run and brew at the same time. It's a lot of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've been doing this for over two years and I'm just at the point now where I can take a couple of days off a week if I'm lucky. Yeah. And it doesn't always happen that way. No, when we, when we first took over, when papers were signed and we were in, there was no... There were the first day I took over. There were five beers on tap. The day after, there were four beers on tap total, out of at that time ten. And then there were there was no beers in the bright tanks, no beers in the fermenters, no kegs, no no ing- no raw materials, no ingredients, no nothing. And I was like, okay, let's you know let's get started. And then you know I just wanted to get on brewing right away. Uh-huh. And then all of a sudden, all these obstacles hit. And within the first month and a half, a lot of obstacles hit us big time. Our glycol unit crashed. Our kettle crashed. Like, literally, the flame turned out. There was something wrong with the fuse. Uh, then the kettle started leaking on the bottom. Aye. And we needed, you know, a welder to come in. Then our exhaust hood in the kitchen wasn't working. And then our walk-in cooler, all this money that I'm trying to put in is literally going away to fix all these issues with it. That literally within that first month of just looking and seeing how everything was didn't happen. And then after pretty much end of April, May, all these things are coming in. These are expenses after expenses that are just hurting me and hurting me. And I'm, you know, I think I mentioned this. I was, when I took over, I was set up for for failure. Mm -hmm. And I took that as a challenge, obviously. But it was really, really tough. And 
you know, the best thing I could do is, you know, I went there every day, worked 12, 14, 16 hour days, you know, even now to this date, the only two days off since we took over last year in March, end of March, uh, March 28th, till now there were two days that I've been off from Dubina that I haven't been at Dubina. That's amazing. That was Easter of last year and Christmas. And even Christmas, we had uh, to do something next day where I had to go, and I tried to leave, and my sister and my mom literally, like, took my keys, and they didn't <laughs> let me leave. Yeah. Which I told them, I'm like, just a couple hours, I'm going to, it's going to screw me up the next day, because when I miss one day, you know, when I miss that day, it's going to make me, or if I want to take a day off, I'm like, if I miss one day, it's going to, like, make me fall back, like, Snow a month. Yeah, I remember, I'm, I'm going to be lost. I had these conversations with other brewery owners, and they're like, you have to, just to stay sane, just to keep your mind clear you have to do and I didn't understand it for the longest time and I think it was about a year and a half before I finally took off I think three days we my friend dragged me to Rocky Point with him he's like everything's taken care of we're gonna pick you up and we're gonna go to Rocky Point I I was so nervous I mean the whole time driving there I'm texting my I'm texting my boy how's it going everything okay do you have any questions and this and that and I'm answering I'm working on my phone second day I woke up and we go out in the balcony. I'm staying with my buddy. I mean, we've known him since high school. We double dated a prom together. Great guy. And he goes, congratulations. And I go, what? He goes, today's the first day you don't have to do anything. And when he said that to me, I was like, I'm thinking, I'm worried. I'm, I know. I'm worried about but, everything. But it was, that, it was also that it wasn't the whole year because we were open the whole year before. And then even before that, it was another year of build out. Before that, it was a whole other year of I'm still building out and leasing and, and financing and planning. So in the last three, four years, I really never let myself not do something. And that was the first day. Sure, I was texting and still checking on things, but that was it was just like this weird switch that just kind of went off. And I was like, wow, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to have fun today. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy myself. And I've never been, I've, people always say, I like to go on vacation, I've even, even buzz the whole time. I've never been able to achieve that because usually I'm like, I can't get there or I go way overboard. This is the first time I was ever able to do that. Scott, Scott my buddy Scott, just he just drove us around, perfect tour guide, and all I did was just drink. And I just hung out and just drank. And it was like, it was such a relaxing time. And uh, I, I miss it. I can't wait to do that again sometime. But again, this is still a business and life happens and you still have to be here and I'm constantly thinking as we're having conversations right now, I keep looking over my shoulder about what am I missing? Is everything okay over there? And, and you start talking about this. I'm like, oh yeah, I need to do I need to do that tomorrow. I need to do that Monday. Oh yeah, I mean, we're sitting here, we're texting, we're talking to reps right now about, hey, do we get this other keg? Should we get this keg? How much is this keg? Am I going to get it or not? Or say, oh, hey, one of that other keg's about to blow. What do I have to replace it? So it's just things like that. <laughs> so, it, so my mind never turns off. Again, I mean, we're kind of similar. We grew up in family businesses, and this is what we knew. Um, that I just always, I, I spent, I almost died. I, had, I got, I contracted RSV, and I have asthma. And I was in the hospital for seven days. The day I got out of the hospital, my dad took me to work. The, I took a week off for uh, when my first son was born. I didn't take vacations. I, wasn't, I really never took vacations. Um, and at one point, they had to pay me because I had so much vacation time. I took a week off to be from when my son was going to be born, and after f- three days, I think the fourth day, he made me come back to work. The day his mom died, my grandma died, he went to work. So being in a family-run industry or family-run business, that's what you do. You yeah. go to work, and that's what it's all about. 
And I got into this because I didn't want to do that for somebody else anymore. I didn't like working for somebody else who didn't take it as seriously as I did. But also, I wanted to do this because I wanted to spend time with my kids, and I wanted to appreciate it, and I wanted to have a future. And so that's why I like, I like doing that. I like working with my children and my wife. I like being able to be here and have all these people in here, these new friends, to do that kind of stuff. But in the end, it is important. I didn't realize it then. I realize that a little bit more now. I mean, John Lane was the one who, like, Put this in my head that you, you've got to take the time. It's just going to drive you insane if you don't. I'm not telling you you're there yet right now because you blow me away with the amount of, of effort that you put into this thing. And, I've, and I'm so happy for you. But your, your success is because of how much effort you put in this. I know. He's so grown up. I know. It, it's 24. Yeah, I thought you were like to, almost 30. Yeah. Not because you look it, but like, I just... We didn't th- even have kids at 24. We were married, but we didn't have kids. We were still uh, spending money like crazy. Yeah. I oh, yeah. did. Yeah. <laughs> Shocker. Mm-hmm. 24, I already had two. Wow. No. Like, you're amazing. You blow me away. I'm actually thinking that maybe we'll save you and then for Maddie, because she's 15, so All in right. like 10 years. <laughs> when oh, you're ready 40. to settle you'll down. She'll be 34, she'll be 25. I mean, she's going to be a lot of work. I'm not going to lie mm-hmm. to you. Like, she is going to be high maintenance. But at one point, she's so smart, she's probably going to be able to support you. Yeah, and so. she's the one kid who doesn't like to be at the brewery. <laughs> It's like, really? She's the smartest one. And she can be in here doing this. And oh, she can be she running this no place. interest. Yeah, she's like, no. No interest at all. That's just like, I don't know. But she's going to go on her own thing and good for her. But <laughs> damn it. Yeah. So maybe like just hold tight. And then like in 10 years, you know, we'll check back. You can like trade us a couple. Cows By then, you, this whole podcast thing will not be like it is today with your whole cherry popping. He'll be like all professional. And yeah, shit he'll then. be. Right. Mm-hmm. He'll probably have his own. He'll I probably mean. have. Yeah. Maybe you'll have your own. Yeah. We'll see. See, it's not that scary, is it? No, absolutely not. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this question. The TTB transfer, how difficult was that? Terrible. <laughs> Terrible. I hated every second of it. I tried to do it in the beginning, uh-huh. and it was absolutely terrible. And at that point, it was like it's crunch time, and I just hired. I hired Camilla, uh-huh. as, and she did everything. I just she, met her. She's amazing. She's great. Oh, my God. She is amazing. She's actually really great. But at that point, at the first one, I first tried to send the application and the transfers and everything w- with the TTB. It was it was terrible. I didn't know. And I was like, at one point, I was like, I can't half-ass this. This isn't like a college exam or whatever. Yeah, this is the government. Yeah. <laughs> so Don't ever half-ass the government. No, Full absolutely ass not. Full-ass the government. Absolutely not. Oh. I love when I get to talk to her because I wanted to be an attorney. So anytime I get to talk to her and throw out legal terms like oh I, I got I'm so jazzed I mean it's like you do about brewing mm-hmm. I mean I love brewing I just stuff, notice how small Brandon's I'm hands stressed. are I am stressed out about it's it all the, the time hands, trust me and he's got tiny hands I don't like get in the relaxed no because I'm hands. constantly looking at every step that I'm doing it's like I want to make sure that this is right I want to make sure that this is right and it drives me nuts yeah. but when I get sit and all of a sudden talk to you about the law I'm like oh my god tell me more tell me more no no matter whoever the listeners are when you're opening up your new brewery or anything, do not do it yourself. 100%. No matter how smart you think you are. Get the law involved. Get, get a lawyer. <laughs> exactly. Get a liquor don't, lawyer. Don't cut corners. That's like we made so many. Like we'd be called something completely different if we weren't trying to save money all the time. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, and that's one of the because I had the conversation with several other breweries, and some of them were like, "Yeah, you can do it yourself. It's no big deal. You can do it. We can help you." I'm like, oh, "Okay, cool." And then the other one was like, "No, hire somebody to do it. It's going to cost you like five hundred bucks to have somebody look over these papers, make sure everything's right." At least right. for the first time for every document. Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Well, it's not just that. It's like oh, five hundred dollars for your lease. Oh, five hundred dollars for your trademark. Oh, five hundred dollars, you know, for adds up. So, yeah, exactly. And as and as a startup, when money is hard to come by, you're like, "Yeah, I'm not." I'll, I don't really need it. I think everything's okay. They, t- my realtor, told me it was okay, so I'm just gonna sign that. It's no big deal. Oh yeah, this other brewery told me this is okay, so you're gonna do that. Before you know it, you're fucked. <laughs> Somebody's gonna come back and and steal something from you, or you're gonna end up paying more because you've got to rebrand, or they made you, you signed something that you should never have done, and you end up paying for it in the long run, or month after month after month. Yeah. So I, that's that's difficult. I, to uh, that's a difficult pill to swallow for mm-hmm. sure to to admit that you know you make mistakes but everybody it's not a that's pill. Done it's this. a cock let's be honest <laughs> let's call a spade a spade so um, this rebranding situation how are you going to handle that when do you plan on doing that at at that point it's I still don't feel like we're ready with the funds and everything but I know that. Keeping the name is and has limited our growth. No matter how well we try to brew the beers, and we just put in a whole new water system in just to vamp, vamp up everything. And then we just got more kitchen equipment for the restaurant side and more servers to focus on service and make sure you know customers aren't delayed. And we're just doing everything. And no matter how much we do, there is growth. But unfortunately from hearing about people and you know people telling us coming in a year and a half later or going to beer festivals and someone saying I heard uh, I've had your beers before and your food and your food and beers are both trash you know but everyone else is out and you have one last one we had four beers and we had one last one give me a fucking beer I'm like see don't you love beer fest fuck beer fest (laughs) it's not the beer fest it's the people people are just but, so unbelievable. Like, But there is something to where, yeah, they're dicks and they're assholes. But having the Dubina name still ties us into that. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean with just with that situation. But there's a million others with limiting our growth. And it, I wouldn't say it's hurting us. It's just limiting it to where, yes, business has been... Very exceptional, and I cannot complain at the status we're at now. I expected us to be, you know, at this stage uh, two years from now. That's awesome. And, you know, we... Good for you, man. And at where we're at right now, I would have never expected it, especially at the end of the year. We were were calculating and predicting a lot of losses, and we had a number in mind, and we didn't even hit close to that number. We hit about 20% of that number. Oh my gosh, that makes me so happy for you. Because if anyone deserves it, it's you. Like you're Thank so. You. I can't even. I can't even tell you like how kind and sweet and helpful you are. It's amazing. I mean, we all talk about how this industry, like we're a brotherhood and we'll do anything to help each other. I think it used <laughs> to be that way. It's not the same. No, I mean some. I think some people. Well, will. it's different when there was like of... fifteen hundred people in the in the country doing it. it was. 
approaching 8,000 now. No, but things I mean, there's, there's a lot of people. Okay, there's a lot of people in Arizona that I know would bend over backwards to help us. And, and a lot who wouldn't even reply to a text message. Yeah. <laughs> I would bend over if my back permitted it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm old, though. But I'm just saying, like, I just, like, you have always been so helpful and generous mm-hmm. to us. And, hey, I've got some, I, you know, I bought some extra malt from so-and-so going out of business. So, you guys need anything, let me know. Yeah, washing you know? kegs for me. Yeah, washing kegs for I mean, you're just you're you're amazing, and it I and I can't say enough. Like it really does. It's so impressive talking to you, considering how young you are. You like we could be your parents. Totally. Not me. Yes, yes, you could. You could. Oh my God, Brandon Richter. Like you're you have your shit together. So I don't feel like I have my shit together yet. <laughs> oh my god! Like we need to hang out more then, because you'll feel a whole. You lot should listen to our life. podcast. We <laughs> <laughs> learned some bad words for That's sure. Yeah. Well, education, education. But seriously, you're gonna do great things. Yeah. You're gonna, I've already been, and this is be the amazing. wrong way to say it because somebody said it to me one time, and I was, but he said it to me as insulting. But I'm really been blown away at just how well you've been able to do because. To overcome the negativity that that brewery had before, it, it, that was it, that's a monumental task. I mean, we still have people come in, and also maybe the conversation comes up, and they're like, "Oh, I've never gone back." I was like, "What do you mean? Why?" Like, I, I went there like two years ago, and it sucked. I'm never going back. And I'm like, "Go We're, back. Yeah. It's a We're new owner. Like, it's, have you been there? You need to go now. Like, it's totally different. Give everybody another chance." And and I, I like that. I like being able to promote you and and do that. That people are you know, excited about this and to, uh, cause like I said, people love to come in and talk and people love to come in and gossip. I mean, you're sitting behind the bar, you'll hear certain conversations and sometimes I'll interject my, my thoughts or opinions. And sometimes I just like, I want no part of this, but when it starts talking about other breweries, um, and w- when they maybe are knocking ones that don't deserve it, I always, I always chime in. And because we are so close, we're less than five miles from each other. I always tell people, you got to go back. You've got to try it. And, some of these people have actually come back in. It's like, yeah, this is cool. I went over mm-hmm. there and I, I, I had... I love it when people come back and they say that. Yeah, and, and the people that have gone back and given you a second chance since you've taken over are actually happy with it. So I'm sure that's helping and that's going to get you there because you probably... Well, the old place probably alienated a lot of customers. Absolutely. So you're missing a lot. And I love the fact every time when somebody comes in, it's like, God, I lived around the corner. I had no idea you guys were here. I love that. I love that one because I was thinking of this conversation I had with Steve McFate. He was, at a, he was at a gas station a mile from his brewery. And this guy is looking at him and he goes, is that a brewery? And he's like, yeah. He's like, uh, where is that? He's like, a mile that way? He's like, oh my God, I live right here. I didn't know there was a brewery over here. And, he, and Steve said to me, he goes, I like the fact that I know we still have room for more growth. Absolutely. So we, uh, we all do out here. And I welcome, you know, more, more breweries. But in the end, we all got to make good beer. We all got to be buddies. And we all got to help grow this community together. And we're only going to be able to do that by having a good product and having a good business. So I, I'm so excited that you're part of this. I'm so excited that you're, you're here. And, you know, we've got a pretty good relationship, I think. And uh, I, like, I like to come over in there and hang out. Trivia was actually a lot of fun. Absolutely, yeah. No, every time... I find it like, you know, something. I, I think you came last time, but I was like, I keep seeing Brandon here, and I'm like, when are we going to get to hang out? And every uh-huh. time I come here, he's always busy, and I'm like, ugh. Well, every time you come in here, I'm like, I'm like behind the bar. I'm like, yeah. oh, I got to talk to Carlos, and then like somebody comes up, we don't need a beer. I'm like, oh, hold on, I'm talking to my friend. It was fun, 
know. When we went to your place, we went for trivia night, and it was really fun. Um, and I, I admired you because you were out. I mean, you were working. You were out serving food. You were serving beers. I mean, you were like, you weren't just being an owner. You were actually in the trenches with your staff, and I, I love that. I think that's impressive. And um, our service was amazing. We had excellent service the whole entire night. And I don't think it was. I don't think people realized that we knew you. And so that's why they were being super nice to us. I think it was just your staff being super friendly. And because we were we were Dan. <laughs> but <laughs> no. But I mean, Dan. serious. Like it was. You know, it was really good, and the food was amazing. You know, it was a really. The beer was really good. I I had the maple, and it was so yummy. So um, it was a good time. We had a really good time, and I I'm excited to to pimp you out to other people so that more people will go and give you guys another chance and. I'm super excited to find out what you're going to rename the place. That is a very good question. That's that that's one of my downfalls. Is I'm not. Are you going to name creative. it after yourself? Absolutely not. You're not going to call it like. Toma. I, it's not nothing Carlos against only a day against, Nothing against my name or anything. I'm just not the biggest fan of naming it after me, and nothing against any other either. brewery doing that. But it's everyone keeps suggesting that, and I'm like, no, no, no. Mictoma. <laughs> yeah. No, that's the hard part because it was easy. I won't say easy, but when there was you know less than a thousand breweries, you could actually find a word and, and use it, and then you didn't have to even worry about a trademark. Yes, and then also when there was like two thousand and three thousand, everybody started trademarking the names of the beers and the breweries. Well, that's a lot of names that mm-hmm. go away, and then all of a sudden everything became trademark. Yeah, like literally, no shit. When we were when we were going through our trademark issues. We were looking up other brewery names, just being sarcastic, and pro- we were probably drunk and like being obnoxious one night. And no, we were a little self-loathing. We were pissed off that our name got <laughs> took away from some other. I was, I was saying some of the assholes. And, and we anyway, so we, we were just started making up, up words. Yeah, we started looking up stuff like uh, we were looking up um, Bad News Brewing Company taken. Dark Cloud. Yeah, Dark Cloud, <laughs> Black Cloud Brewing Company yeah, that's taken. What, yep. Um, there was another one, like there was so many. Because even if it's yeah. not a brewery, it, it it's a it's a beer. Yes. And trademarks aren't aren't cheap. No. And so it's like it's hard to, to trademark your your own brewery, and then tra- every time you make a beer, that adds up really fast. That's really fast. That's a lot of money to add up too. Attorneys Life are happy with it. Life sucks. Brewing company. That's our next one. <laughs> location two coming. Yeah, yeah. It's opening There's next week in <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Well, I don't blame it because Illinois probably it sucks to live there. Anyway, um, I'm done. That was I've good. Had, well, that's great. I'm I've glad covered. You're done. I've covered my stuff. Um, do you have any comments, Carlos? Advice. No. Do you want to tell us who your name's going to be? I if I you knew it, do I would it tell now. you. You still don't have a name. I don't have a name. The thing is, is everyone has been so kind. All our staff. We're about to. Even family and everyone, we're about to go to a point where, and I'm very picky when it comes to that. Mm-hmm. And everyone's so nice and giving me plenty of suggestions, and I just keep shutting them down. And some you people just are like, "Say thanks." Yeah, and I and I keep that's, saying, and they're it. like, it's "Yeah, thanks. do that." Yeah, Thank you, Brewing Company. And yeah, you have to like it. <laughs> I have to love it. Yes. And I have to love it to where I'm just looking for that name that makes me want to just right now go 
and get it trademarked. Go 67th Avenue Brewing Company. You know, I don't know how much I have to do with the TTB, but I I have to talk to them. Yeah. And and do it that way. And I just want that name to click into where I do everything literally tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And that's what I want to do. And that's what I'm looking for. (laughs) Thanks. 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 Yeah, because when uh, we thought, when we had our name and then everything, and then all of a sudden we had to change it and then we thought we had a deal and then we had to change it and we worked on it again everything was fine then we had to change it I got tired of it and that last time it was it, it just things happen for a reason and when you find that name you're going to know it and for us it was like right after um, no, it was even after my, my grandfather had died but a family member had brought this photo to us and it was my great great grandfather who had this Brewery in Ogden City, Utah, in 1883, and it was called Richter McCarty. Rick, uh, and I was like, Ogden City, yeah, Brewing. Ogden City Brewing Company, and and there's a picture of him standing on the porch. And I found out I come from a, a family of brewers, so I had just we had just finished this because we're part of the Sam Asbury the American Dream program, and they wanted to put our name on the bottom of the six pack. If you ever pick up a Sam Adams six pack, when you look at the bottom, they always tell about the Brewing the American Dream program that they support and, you know, part of for the micro lo- micro loans or the SBA loans, these are the breweries that they support. It's hard to get part of it. Uh, we just happened to get thrown into it because we, we kind of found this back door in a way on accident. And we got the back door. <laughs> yeah. And they, uh, they put us into it. But before they could put our name on the six-pack carriers and print millions of them, ship them all across the country, they wanted to make sure that we had our name trademarked Okay, I thought we had an agreement with this other company, this other brewery, and when I went back to him to say, hey, I need this kind of in writing now, after two years, no, we want you to change your name. It's like, you motherfuckers, I was so damn pissed. I was so pissed. I was like, really, after two, two and a half plus years of doing this, and the way they handled it was, was bullshit, but then for me to, to almost let, let me believe that everything was fine and to get to this point I mean I had, I had bank accounts I signed my lease in the old name everything was in that name we had branding every, every social media and then for him to come back at that point and say no it worked out because if I had put signage up and everything else and opened up and then got that letter later it would have cost me even more money Yes, but it just happened to be the same time I find this photo of my great great grandfather in front of his brewery of Richter and I was like this is it. It's easy for me to do at that point. I never wanted to name it after a mountain range, a river, or your last name because that's the, I want to say the easy way, but a lot of breweries do that. It's fun to have a cool different name. And it, our other name worked for us perfectly. But because of the lineage it had and the history it had, it really made sense for me. So just to say for you, when you hear that name, you're going to know it. It's probably going to be trademarked, so you'll probably have to find another one no, anyway. No, just trademark probably. it. Like, go do your due diligence and then trademark the shit out of that. Yeah, no, that's for sure. And that's why the thing is, is I'm looking for that one name, but in reality, it has to be about five. Pretty much. Yeah. Because even if you find it and even if you think it's, it's not trademarked, you send it in and then somebody might take exception to it. And it's maybe a little close to theirs, and they're going to protest it, and then you might get declined. I got my own fucking last name. I got declined five times. Five. What kind of bullshit is that? Nobody had it. It was free. Nobody had it because little little tidbit here for you, some of these people. You can't trademark a surname. 
I don't know why, because there's several breweries. There's hundreds of them out there that are the Budweiser. Brewery, the brewery owner. Exactly. <laughs> Coors. The brewery owner's Coors. name. But they wouldn't give it to me because it was my surname. Miller. <laughs> um, so that's another subject. We're going to go over that in another podcast. Um, I, I, I hate putting shit out there because it seems like people take my ideas now. So... Um, I'm not going to tell it, give any more into that, but we're going to cover that really well. If you want to sit on that, if you want to talk to her, awesome. But uh, Ooh, we're going to go second podcast. There. Yeah. Oh. There you go. You'll be all seasoned by then. You'll be a, brewery, you'll be a podcast <laughs> whore by you then. You look back after this and you run through your mind when you're like, you know how you said that when you're sitting and you're in there doing other things and your mind is on business. Now it's going to be on like, shh, why did I say that? Damn it. Oh, I should have said this. It will. Oh, damn it. It will. Oh, damn it. Yeah. Every single person that I've, I've, you the have podcast, nightmares. When they come in, they're like, did I say anything stupid? Hey, is that posted yet? I mean, just today, we haven't posted this next episode, but just today, Casey was like, hey, man, have you posted an episode yet? I, I'm, I'm really nervous if I said something stupid. Did yeah. I say anything stupid? I had a bad day, and he had a few beers, so I'm not sure. I'm like, dude, you did fine. You did fine. Everybody's yeah, always yeah. nervous. It's not hard. This is what we do on a daily basis anyway. We get together. We sit down. We have beer. We talk. This is how we talk. Yeah. We talk about industry. We talk about the issues. We talk about struggles we talk about our plans this is what we do so it's all about yeah. just to give a keep to give the people kind of an in, a little bit of an insight of, of how it is like yeah we have a lot of fun but it's a lot of fucking work it's not always fun and we put on a smile face and yeah dude everything's awesome but the struggle is real we go home and we stay up night and things run yeah. through our heads like podcasts yeah like podcasts yeah <laughs> So I, no, I, like I want to asshole. thank you for doing this. I hope we were gentle enough for you. We didn't hurt oh, you or scar you, you for, for having your life. Me. And uh, um, I, I wish you all the success in the world. Yeah. I'm, I'm happy you're right down the street, and I'm happy that we're uh, kind of making this fight together. Thank you. Appreciate it. Trivia nights on Wednesday at Dubina. Anything else happening in the near future down there? Um, just Any our events? anniversary. When's your anniversary? Our anniversary is what we took over back in March 28th, and this year it's on a Thursday, so we're going to have just four new beer releases every Perfect. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So, band, stop wheel. in. Anything fun? We'll see. We, we do have some live music on Saturday night. Superstition Meadery actually agreed to give us a keg, exclu- a keg of meat exclusively for us, Sweet. so we're going to release it on huh? Saturday. Burlesque show. Maybe. <laughs> After hours, maybe. I'm there. <laughs> Missy's there. Well, I mean, I'll have to make my first visit now. No. Aren't you in the show? On what show? Wait, what? Aren't you paying attention? No. <laughs> April was giving me beer, and that like totally took my mind yeah. somewhere and else. Now you guys get to go record. <gasps> yeah, we, we got to wrap up because you got to go get your kid. Okay. And we have a lot to talk about, speaking of kids. Yeah. We gotta but anyways. All right. Well, thanks for listening, Davina. guys. Thank you for Until having Until next me. time. Peace out. Bye. Bye. Bye.